When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all over the golden world, this is Larry Charles, one half of the Game Dev Unchained podcast team, coming at you live and in style. That's right. I'm half the team, the other half, twice the dancer, half as tall, Mr. Brandon Fam. That's me, Brandon Fam. What's up? <laughs> How you guys doing? Welcome to this week's episode. Uh, bringing along my dancing partner for the week, Kim Min Chan. How's it going? Welcome. Hey, man. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, yeah. Good to be so, here. This is the part of the podcast where we ask our guest, which is you, Kinman, a little bit okay. about your background, your resume, where you're from, where you're at, where you're going, anything that you like to share, anything that you want our listeners to keep listening to. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, well, uh, I am an artist, so I, I just trained. I went to school, I trained traditionally, graduated illustration, um, and uh, I stuck with 2D for most of my, or all of my career, basically. So, but, I mean, towards the end of school, I went to, I started dabbling in, in, uh, and uh, basically jumped into the world of characters, which I couldn't get a job for, for like a year and a half. (laughs) And then, uh, basically struggled through that time, you know, uh, you know so to feel like it has like ups and downs. So. But I ended up like landing like uh, my first gig in animation, uh, jumping into games after that for a year or two, and then going into film from there. So, um, Wait, so do you oh, mind not being shy about the type of companies you Yeah, what companies you work for? Oh, so... And um, long list. Okay, so yeah, uh, Insomniac was my first full time gig. I worked right, at uh, I worked at Disney, uh, Disney Two. That's my first animation gig. Uh, I was at Lucasfilm for a number of years. Uh, I switched over to IMD, um, and then I did a bunch of freelance for. Uh, um, a number to my company, Ubisoft, Sony, uh, Weta, uh, and oh, dope. yeah, all sorts of all sorts of different uh, companies. So, so well, well, yeah, I mean, I could keep going, but keep going, man. Yeah, Go ahead, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I worked in. I mean, it's like I feel like a lot of the journey has been like been able to work with. You know, some some rock stars as well. I mean, I was at my time at Lucasfilm. I was actually working directly with George Lucas. Oh wow! Like every every two weeks. Or so. Wow. We get back to that. Yeah, we definitely need to. Uh, and then, um, yeah, and that that whole circle is uh, it's been awesome. I mean, they're, they're super super pro. I felt like you know, I I got a lot of my grounding Lucasfilm, uh, and then. Uh, 
co-creator of the Watchmen, so mm-hmm. uh, the original artist, so. and um, you know, the guys that made Fire, they're really good people, so uh, that's where I got to dabble in comics and storytelling and try out my hand in um, in that space, but also try and apply it to a lot of mixed media stuff, so, or like transmedia, like applying it to apps and mobile space, so... Um, yeah, I, mean, I jumped around. I did some deep yeah. park work and uh, graphic design, design toys. Pretty much, did you, you say name theme it. park so, work? Theme park work? Yeah, theme park design, that kind of thing. So Jesus. Yeah. There's no like visual creative industry that doesn't know your name at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I just. Your resume has like bookmarks for chapters, you know. <laughs> I know. I'm saying? jumping around too. I don't really. It's it's kind of a blur at this point because I've worked for so many places. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I I worked yeah. a lot of places. I got a lot of experience in in the in my own process as a result. So. Percentage wise, what would be the split? Uh, be like for the places that you worked at, uh, depending on industries like game industry, uh, industry point, other industry. Yeah, it's more, um, I guess, recent as in five years mm-hmm. recent. So, um, but once I, da- once I, I can't really say like an exact percentage because like, like throughout, uh, all throughout, I was working on games, you know, and then I have like some small film gig or something like that. So, it's really hard to say, like, exactly the percentage. Uh, right. Anyway. Well, let's kind of talk about all the way from the beginning. You know, the concept art entryway is mm-hmm. kind of like a minefield. And you, you kind of mentioned, like, a year and a half before. Yeah, I'm interested in that, too. Uh, character oh. art job. Is it, like, your first overall job or, or just character concept? Um. Okay, so I did get a job. I got I, my first gig out of school was actually Red Dead Redemption. Uh, was, I'm dating myself. I'm dating myself. So. Don't count. <laughs> but, um, well, so do you yeah, count that? What's that? Did you not count that? Or is that the year and a half after school? What are you talking about? That was right after school. Okay. And so yeah, I did some background Indian characters for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was super excited about working in the industry. And then after a month, nothing. Mm-hmm. And looking back, it was because I I had too big of a head, mm-hmm. like too big of an ego, and I didn't know the, the speed or pacing that artists are, that are, that's required of artists, like, mm-hmm. you know, so... Um, like I had like a small bit of work and then nothing, but I had to like really like figure out um, how to how to sustain myself, like how to be how to keep up with the pace of uh, production and all that. Mm-hmm. So that was the first uh, hard lesson, I guess. If you don't mind, yeah. though, how did you get linked up with the the job going into working on Red Dead Redemption as a student? Right? Like, can you tell us? 
just that first little like, yeah, I showed portfolio or I, you know, called them or uh, how did so that... I went to Art Center and uh, basically at the end of our senior semester or whatever, mm-hmm. we have like this wall space that you can showcase your work and all that. So um, that brought a lot of traffic and actually the art director that Rockstar, he was just cruising around show he saw my work and then uh i actually didn't even know like who he was or whatnot but he saw my he just being friendly and then like we got to talking and then he's like yeah why don't you come down like come come meet up like and then he hands me his card just like rock stars gonna be oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) so yeah uh so that was that's basically how it how that very casual, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just as, as, you know, grad show kind of stuff. So. All right. Yeah. That's, I've heard of a lot of people trying to talk about how they got in the industry, but you're literally like the industry came to me. Like, you know, that's, <laughs> that's bragging rights right there, man. <laughs> yeah. I think that um, that school at the time brought in a lot of like really good Top talent. talent. Yeah, uh, so. yeah. And then the teachers were also really connected. So, they would just invite whoever their colleagues were to come uh, check out work. I also think I have no experience going to Art Center or like any of their curriculum. But what I will say is, based on the people who have come out of Art Center, I almost feel like if you graduate Art Center, you have like a huge, huge leg up. You know what I mean? Oh, oh man! <laughs> like they, man, only like Michelangelo's and Raphael's come out of schools. Like, uh, what? Like everyone's dope. No, seriously. No, man. I've met so many people that like don't come from the, like. Actually, some of the huge rock stars are in there. Yeah. They're all. No, I'm not. So I'm not saying like, oh. they can't if they don't go to Art Center. I'm just oh, yeah. saying that, like, the percentage of successful people I see graduating okay. from Art Center compared to other places high. is, like, it's consistently yeah. high. It's quite askew, you know? Yeah. I will say that I was really lazy before school. <laughs> and then Art Center really kicked my ass. With like, it got me in shape. Yeah. In terms of like expectations and work ethic, mm. um, I think that was that the goal was really good for that. One last question about Art Center: What was the hardest, like most painful, you know, like emotionally breaking assignment that you had to go through at Art Center? Um, it wasn't a, it wasn't one assignment. It was uh, it's more some of the teachers I've had, like okay. uh, like one of, there's one teacher that. I think he really cared about like my growth as an mm-hmm. as an artist. Like so, I have to thank him. You know, Dallas Good. He is a uh, he's fantastic in terms of like keeping me in check and making sure I had like a, a solid discipline for uh, drawing figure uh, in a certain way, um, which helped me like uh, it, it like it grounded me in in terms of like what to focus on and like how to create solid practice for drawing a figure. Like that was all, that was all important. But there were times when, you know, he, I'd be learning something new from another teacher and trying it out and he'd like really stress his uh, method and it frustrated the shit out because like, I was like, no, I really want to like break away from this and try like, I like learning about I don't know, I think. But you know, at the end of the day, like I was learning, and I wasn't. I was learning a certain method, and I wasn't. I was not solid at it yet. Mm-hmm. So, right. 
yeah, in a way it was a good thing, and in maybe another way it was like maybe like a setback, and I couldn't focus on the other side or whatever. So. If you don't mind, like, uh, obviously, coming out of school, landing a job at Rockstar, working on Red Dead Redemption, that's huge. And then being humbled after a month. If you don't mind going through that little dark period, no specific, uh, but, like... It wasn't a month, it was a year and a half. Yeah, so, yeah that was the year and a half. Yeah, it was the year and a half before I could land anything else. I see. So, that was... I I tried whatever I could to get a job and like I was actually I was actually gonna quit yeah um, and basically you know like whatever like I just took my mind off the art yeah didn't really focus on it at all um uh, so the other thing that I had was like I was gonna go into music of all things like I was gonna mm. try and DJ and like make these beats and stuff like that um, but um, it, it, so it turned out uh, one of my students, I was teaching drawing and painting for a while. Mm-hmm. So one of my students from that time, he got a job in animation as a coordinator. Mm-hmm. And it was, it just so happened that they were looking for someone and called me up. He's like, Hey, uh, you should, should come in and, and show your stuff. And I was like, I don't have anything in animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Show, um, but okay. So go to the studio, and then it's it's one of the teachers that I took <laughs> in the same school. <laughs> like uh, he he took he basically saw my work. I had some rapport with him because he taught me before in other classes. Mm-hmm. So he saw my work. He, he realized that it wasn't animation, but he he decided to give me a chance. Mm. So. And that was like, that, yeah, and that was that was huge. I, it's I, like yeah. three generations of teacher students yeah. kind of going on right. That's, That's pretty cool. Yeah. So that was Bill Perkins, uh, and he, you know, Bill Perkins, as you know, is like art director in Aladdin. Well, he's trendy. Damn. Art smart, busy guy. Um, and yeah, he took me under his wing, and I, I learned how to do layout basically uh, yeah. on this animated project. So. Um, oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, so that kind of that that helped me get into gear in terms of like how to draw perspective and kind of like drawn by them for animation homes. Yeah, the path of becoming a concept artist have always been like the most daunting role to to get in because there's so many concept artists, Mm -hmm. and it sounds a lot like the opportunities come from connections to kind of weed out the the crowd. Um, yeah, I think it's feel like both. It's still, it's I mean, you have to, your skills have to be up there, right? right? Like, so, like, you just have to keep cranking your skills, and then when that opportunity comes, you have to be ready for it. So, right. I mean, that's, that's the whole, the, kind of, what I, how I uh, was taught, and right. so I, I always kind of kept to that thought, you know. So I, would, I would always, like, you know, practice and drawing and uh, get better at my craft. Uh, and I, that, that is what like, got me the job. And so by the time I met those you, people... What oh. kept you going? You, I mean, you said a year and a half you were on the brink of quitting. What was your monthly 
goals to keep up with it, to keep trying. Like that must have been hard, kind of just being a year and a half is a long time. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I do well with goals, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but I, I'm pretty good at keeping to a theme. Right. So if the theme is keep drawing, then I'll stick to that. So I'll keep drawing. And so for that year and a half, I, I was like learning or find something to learn, right? So I wanted to uh, to learn how to do environment because no one at the time was hiring characters, right? No one, like every job that I looked at, it was all environment. I didn't know how to do any environment. So that was, I guess if you want to call it a goal, that's what I told mm-hmm. in the beginning. Um, because environments were just more standard, like a lot of people were, hired, were getting hired for that. Right. So I felt like, okay, well, I got to get a car there. Uh, and then there was a couple of interviews yeah, in that year and a half that gave me a little bit of hope. Like, well, it's not quite here, it's not quite there, but you know, if you just work on this, or if this little detail in the paper, then you might like land something. So, so that kept me going. That that kept me motivated. When when I got burnt out on that, then. Um, I was I was more in desperation mode, so I actually just yeah. did some graphic design stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was just doing graphic design and like flyers, parties, and stuff like that. So yeah, at the lowest of the low. Yeah, oh, and, yeah. That's that's around the time, you know. I was even considering like, yeah, I went into like architectural, like these architectural rendering places. Yeah. So that's smart. That. I said that's smart to like take your skill set and say, well, you know, I could probably still land a high paying opportunity if I went to ArcViz, you know, and then, you know, keep the lights on. But I actually would like to just shift gears for a moment and just say this one flavorful question. When did music come into the picture as far as I I consider being a DJ? Hmm. Was that in that same period? I, 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 I was always interested in sound mm. like in you know growing up i would watch mtv the glued to the tv like uh and so i was all i was like from an early age was pretty and like my brother plays guitar mm. so like uh i i was always growing up around like you know music aspirations so in high school i took an art class uh, and the teacher saw potential in my work. And they're like, oh, yeah, you should, you should enter this contest. Like, uh, it's, you know, it's between four different school districts, whatever. And like, I had nothing else going for me at the time other than video games mm-hmm. and nothing else. <laughs> but I like to draw, right? Mm-hmm. And, and music was, I guess, more on the subconscious, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I entered this contest, uh, like, you know, and just kind of put my heart into this piece for like two weeks. And then I won the whole thing. Uh, it's like, it happened to be 800 bucks in high school, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. It's like three grand for a high school kid. Yeah, it's huge in yeah. high school. And so, A, I was like, oh, maybe I could do this 
as like a little bit more seriously, like maybe I can be uh, like an artist as like profession. Mm-hmm. And then second part was I had to end the books. I might as well just get myself turntables set, yeah. start learning how to send records. Yeah. So, <laughs> so those are my two like kind of like directions. Right. No, that's cool. I wanted to hit on that before we got too deep into yeah. the art song. Yeah. Yeah. So. So I would I would definitely say that you working and seeing the job market and feeling your uh, uh, weaknesses uh, up to standards while you're waiting for opportunities. But you you kept yourself around opportunities too. Like you were still yeah. within the school system, I, which eventually led you to your first animation job. Yeah, I I think that was the key difference. I I feel like a lot of students and most students don't really get a job right after school and they would try to balance a full time job outside the industry while keeping up with their craft. But then Mm -hmm. when they start disappearing from their usual group, right, like completely away, uh, they lose touch. You know, yeah, it's a lot harder. There's fresh blood every every year, every quarter. Yeah, as soon as you stop drawing, it gets really hard to like get back into it. So yeah. I I knew that from school though. I mean, like like my teachers in school were like, you know, hammering me on like, oh, if you don't draw like at least three four hours a week, mm-hmm. then you're probably not drawing, right? And so I kept to that, and then like also kind of keeping in mind like the mindset of a professional artist is mm-hmm. like you're gonna have to draw a lot. Yeah, in the fields, right? So you might as well just get used to drawing a lot. Right. So I kind of had that in the back of my mind as well. So how long did you stay at the animation studio? Is there any work from oh, there that, that was, we might have Those heard? were project-based. So oh, I worked on... Yeah, I my that was my first, like, real big animation was the, um, the layout job. Mm-hmm. So that was for Fox and the Hound too, straight to DVD. Right. <laughs> uh, counts. And then, what's that? It still counts. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, but exposure, and then that when that uh, ended, I mean, it's all project based. So once mm-hmm. project done, you gotta you gotta look for other jobs. Yeah. But you know, a lot of those guys, they they kind of um, they're in the loop. So they know what's, what's next on the horizon. So they they basically you know, uh, told me that uh, Curious George was hiring, like Ooh. for yeah uh, for a layout as well. So I got in touch with them. I'm so down. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, and then so I got some animation, uh, a little bit more freelance, and that was enough for. Uh, you know, that alongside a few background paintings for Fox and Hound was mm-hmm. enough for me to refresh my portfolio and, uh, and then start um, applying to other environments. So I, you know, felt like I wasn't, there were no animation uh, projects dried up. Yeah. Inside of for more work and uh, Insomniac was hiring. So I just did that in reviewing and cutting. Did you come on as an environment or a character? Yeah, I'm seeing environment. Okay. environment. We're working on we're working on resistance, full man. Oh, I see. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
And coming in to do art for games, especially after coming straight out of animation and the things and tricks and techniques you learned there, how, how easy was the transition for you? Um, it was different. different. It was yeah. different because I was, doing, I was back into doing digital again. Mm. Uh, and so all the... Uh, I had, like, at that point, I didn't really have a process for how I did digital. So I had to learn a lot of stuff on the fly ask a lot of questions for the team mm-hmm. uh, and just kind of like try and immerse myself in that world as much as possible. You know, I, I never worked at a game company before that, like, like on, you know, on staff, like in house. Mm-hmm. So, so just learning about the environment and learning about all the different roles in games and understanding that maybe I should be playing more games. Mm-hmm. In order to fit in this environment, uh, a lot of that came up as I was working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Would you look at the? Oh, go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. Well, did you? Um, so you you were there. You, you how how did you balance? You know, because originally you were a character artist. Like, how did you just do personal work at home to kind of keep up your skills? Because you're, um, well, like, you're like learning and and doing a lot of do, different I things. I didn't do characters for that. That whole year, I didn't do any characters. I see. So, But I was itching to do characters at the end of that year. Right. Uh, or I knew in the back of my mind I wanted to do more than just environment. So I was kind of getting, so like, after a year of it, I was doing and I burnt out. Yeah. Um, and then, so, man, it's all, from then on, to be honest, it's all been kind of word of mouth, like, luckily. So, um, so it turns out that one of my uh, other colleagues from school, mm-hmm. he, uh, after he graduated, he got a job straight to ILM. Ooh, man. Our yeah. center starts again. Yeah. So he, <laughs> Uh, if the timing just worked out, they needed someone who that they were asking him if they if he knew anything. Yeah, and then he put my my name in there in that mix. So they reached out to me, um, and then basically, yeah, when we out and interviewed, originally it was for uh, a storyboard position. Mm-hmm. So I showed my my board. I took a storyboarding class, yeah. showed whatever I could in that class. It was terrible. And then basically it passed on me. But at the same time, uh, there was another team. There was two teams uh, at, at the ranch that were that were looking at uh, my stuff. Uh, so storyboard, whatever it is, like it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other group, like they look at my stuff and then so decided to give me a chance because it was like it was for uh, it was a little bit more painterly and like they wanted to do a little bit more um, more polished work and so they saw that quality in my work uh, and so they decided to give me a test and give me a weekend and then I tried it and happened. That's gotta be a good feeling, man. So, so the storyboard job was actually for Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were just starting on Clone Wars at the time, and then the feature project that turned into 
this movie called Strange Magic, which came in with the plot. Mm-hmm. Well, we can talk about Clone Wars. <laughs> so we can talk about Clone Wars. Yeah, I, I worked in Clone Wars for two weeks. That's about all the time I had on Clone Wars. So. Like, by the time you finish the orientation, they're like, oh, and uh, hey, so yeah, thank yeah. you, and uh, we'll see you later. So, yeah. how, how long did you stay at the ranch? I was there for three years. Three years. Nice. Three years, yeah. So I was jumping on different projects. What what um, are the notable projects? So which one? So this goes to where? When did you start? This is like very yeah. This is like very early on. So right. so I was working. So for a year and a half, I was on Strange Magic. Strange Magic. Uh, okay. We're developing for that film, um, which actually got shelved and then revamped, mm-hmm. and like basically uh, they re redid everything that we touched. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, um, but I think there's remnants of my work in there. I did a lot of characters, mm-hmm. and I think like about eighty, like the, they got redesigned. But I feel like eighty percent of that, is that was your concept. Uh, design, yeah, it's still there. So, um, and so once George shelved that, we went on to a different project. Mm-hmm. And basically, um. Probably the beginnings of the live action show, which is good. Mm. So, so um, when when did you come BFFs with George? Yeah. <laughs> is that a common thing? Is that a, like is there like an inner circle that he directly talks with, or was it? No, no, they just like my work. They just like my work in time. Yeah. So George came up to you and he's like, "Hey." Uh, is it like every two week dailies, or how, how did that whole thing work? Was that crazy? As a fan, it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. They're meeting well, with George Lucas. So what right. did he just come up to you and like, hey, you're gonna have to do a meetup with George? I think I was kind of like, I was on, I was kind of in this weird like, what am I doing here? Because like, I only had like one year experience before yeah. that, right? Like the one year full time experience. Yeah, and I'm up there doing characters, and basically everyone else on the team super had at least ten years, mm-hmm. fifteen years. Like my boss was like, you know, he's art director on Destiny Two. Like yeah. <laughs> it's just like what? So I'm just like around these like super intelligent, like like insanely talented people. Yeah, uh, and I was like. Okay, I'm just trying to Yeah, it's not surreal. Kind of surreal, but you know. So let me ask you, when was the first time where you knew specifically that George Lucas liked a specific piece of your artwork? Oh, you he's, got this, he's got a system. Okay. Like in terms of I mean yeah, I think that was probably the last to see it. Like like uh he, so you, we post these our images on on these foam boards every mm-hmm. two weeks or whatever, and then he'd have like a collection of stamps. Mm. So like, so one would say like uh, good, one would say like okay, it is what it is, you know, like, uh, and then like if you really liked it. And there was one that said fabuloso. You really wanted to go for the fabuloso. Yeah. 
Mm. So on a lot of my pieces for that project, the view mm. per almost the eighty percent of the time I'd be with it. So, Whoa, humble mm. brag. Yeah. And that is that so, when it started when he started to talk to you directly about things or uh, he, who am I in that crowd, right? Like yeah. I felt like, you know, I'm just a new artist. Right. George is like every time George goes in the room there's like an entourage of like twenty people or whatever. Right. So basically, you know, he's just coaching people work. Right. Um so as far as like one on one time that I actually had with him, maybe like two seconds. Hi. Wait, can you pass me the salt? Hey, thanks. <laughs> no, I mean, like in the beginning, yeah, he, he really liked my work, so he was like okay. complimenting my work and stuff nice. like that. Got you. Awesome. So, yeah, I rubbed shoulders with him. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's, yeah. Let me ask this but, thing. If you have work that's on the Fabuloso board a couple of times, but you're also the new artist there. Was there any like oh, tension yeah. that you felt, you know, with some of those ten-year artists who were on the okay, good enough boards? No, it was a small team. I it was super yeah. small. It was only five of us, so everything was like very intimate. Got you. you. Know? Uh, like us on the team, and then George would come in, and I'm like, he brings, obvious. you know, friends. Or, <laughs> Um, you get after you get those stamps, you got to sit differently. It's like, I, uh, how does a fabulosa uh, sit? I think I was. Eat? I didn't <laughs> have a table? reference was point though. So what? I didn't have a. I didn't have a reference point though. So he would like I. I just thought that like oh he just likes a lot of stuff, but apparently he's really picky. Well, especially when especially with Star Wars stuff though. Like when it came to Star Wars. Yeah. Like almost nothing was fabulous. So, like mm. Mike and a fabulous Did he ever just call you fabuloso? You get a fabuloso in Star Wars. But for this project, I think I guess my sensibilities and my like my gut feelings for things was right on point with what he wanted. I see. So, it's man. awesome, man. Yeah, that's awesome. So. Yeah. What was the jumping off point? When did you leave the ranch? Um, and that, what was the uh, new opportunity? Basically, they let us go. And then I had to turn around and I actually contacted Doug. And, um, yeah, they were known that they were working on some stuff. They'd, they'd heard that like uh, we just laid us off basically, so they were like receptive to hiring on the hires. So mm-hmm. I just contacted Doug just out of like a plea for like, hey, you know, like going to meet with me. And, but yeah, I went to went to IMD and then uh, just did the, the studio and then he showed me around and that's true. And then yeah, like we got a job on on the phone too. Right. IMD as in Image Movers Digital, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what what year were you there? That's when Brian, our our uh, mutual friend Yam, was there as well, right? So yeah. So would so, this be the second time you worked with is, them? This is, yeah, this is the second time I worked with Brian. Yeah. <laughs> so, what year were yeah. you there? What do you mean? What year? Oh, what this year was like two thousand nine. Same year as I, so we worked across from each other. Did you know that? I was in the oh, yeah. 2K okay. building. Oh, crazy. Wow. 
Yeah, we were the this episode so long ago. Yeah. We did a we were the ones playing Foursquare in the parking lot. Yeah. Oh man, Foursquare. Yeah. I think I've told you this story before, maybe to Larry, maybe on the podcast, but like basically, you know, visual concepts, the 2K publishing had a hanger and uh, image movers came in all freaking polish and like kind of cocky. They bought two hangers, right? Just to fill things out. They had a theater room. It was all pimped out. At one point, you know, they had like a like a patio where they would eat their free lunches or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I would walk by. I would just look like, what are they having today? You know, checking out their lounge. And then like, outside their patio where you literally can't look over anymore. And it was probably in response to a lot of people like us mm-hmm. from 2K just peeking in. How long were you there? I was there from... Three and a half years, four years, man. 2000, okay. 2008 to 2012, 2011. Uh, okay, so you saw the inception of all that. Stuff. Yeah, uh, I saw I was... the inception, it building, and then it falling apart. <laughs> it happened <laughs> all within three years. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of short lived, yeah. fortunately. Sc- screwed, it was a good time, screwed, though. Screwed. I mean, that, that team was awesome. Yeah, like, it looks like you guys so were cool. having fun. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of inspiration over there because we had like 30 artists in the art department. Yeah. They're all super rock stars. So it was just cool to collaborate and like, hear the story where they came from. It was just too early for mocap. I think the mocap technology true. was. Because everything looks great. It was just, you know, the animation felt stilted. And I think yeah. we weren't ready for that. Now mm-hmm. it's fine. Everyone's mocapping, <laughs> it's matured a lot. So you were you there the whole time, or did you leave early? Before? No, no, I left a little early. Yeah, no. I was only there like a year, and then actually, company shut down shortly after. So, did you go back to games after or what? After that, uh, I did a lot of freelance. Some game work. I started, I started tapping into mobile games. Had some comics out. Um, yeah, and then that's kind of how I, I was kind of like searching to find the next full-time thing, which didn't really happen for a while. Um, Do you mind talking yeah. about freelance life? Because concept artists especially are pretty unanimous with freelancing. Like you guys are always hustling on the side or, or like spending a, a good period of time just focusing on freelancing before going to another full-time how stressful was it? How beneficial was it? Um, what was that experience like? I find it very stressful. Um, it's a constant hustle. And like a lot of times, like there's less interaction. So if a job doesn't go well or whether a job does well or, or doesn't do well, you actually don't really get that feedback. Mm-hmm. So it, like in a team setting, like in a, in a full-time setting, it's actually nice to hear that feedback because you know what works and what doesn't mm-hmm. work. But in freelance, like you do the best you can, it might work, might not, but you know, you don't, you're not going to camera on And it's like, you know, project done. You know, if they like you, then they'll stay in contact. And that's kind of like the luck of the draw, I guess. And whether or not they're successful or whether or not they they're doing what they're like their their job well. So in 
it's up and down. You know, sometimes you get really good gigs where it keeps going, and then sometimes it's for whatever reason didn't work out. So, you know, and then that's like where you know you just have to keep going, like improving it up and trying to figure out what what is the standard. You know, because I think when the freelancing, it's easy to lose sight of that. You know. And when you're in company settings, like you're exposed to a lot of other high-level speakers, I guess, or uh, like other professionals who can help uh, use that research. Uh, and you know, they're they're always like improving themselves. So, uh, but when you're on your own, it's a lot harder. Right. Do you have any advice that's, that's on the business business side of things, like? I would imagine not being paid in full, not being paid at all, saving some f- for for tax purposes. Like that's a lot of business stuff that we don't usually learn. And as a freelancer, is critical. Critical, yeah. To know how to handle things. What, what helped me there was actually only recently, uh-huh. and it was actually it was actually pure, like pure finance classes. I see. Mm-hmm. Like actually learning like the nuts and bolts of finance, like yeah. and like sitting in these lectures on just like how to manage your funds better, you know, like all of those all of those kind of classes are actually really you know, if you're thinking about business, that's what you should be. Is is it is right. in a, terms of like a local college that? that you you would take or an online course? I, um, like what kind of courses are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, so there's like some free courses that I started attending that was like, you know, more just, just general know-how on finance, mm-hmm. uh, local, it's a much more local thing mm-hmm. that started. So that was really informative and that helped me think about, I think, planning for retirement and like, think about like how to get out of debt and mm-hmm. all these basics, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, was, and I think was that. I was just going to ask: Was there one thing that you can recall that probably made the most dramatic change in your understanding of finance, well, personal finance, that you could? I'm not good at it. I realized <laughs> I'm not good at it. That, that you know, like I personally, I spend too much, so I really need to cut down on that. As well. Mm-hmm. That's what I learned. <laughs> Those bobas. Yeah, the reason then, why I yeah. have no money is because I spend the money that I have. <laughs> but, but a lot of it too is, you know, like it's kind of like, you know, you. I realize it's like in a way it's kind of like drawing mm-hmm. in that like you're building a habit, right? And mm-hmm. so, so with finance, you just have to like you have to build those finance habits, and so like if you're drawing. You want to get better at drawing. You have to build those drawing habits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And same thing with finance. If you want to get better at like managing your business or, or you know, understanding like, like how to go negotiate or, or any of that stuff, mm-hmm. you just have to practice doing it. Right. Yeah. Like it, it's definitely thing. one of those. Um, it's, it's a future episode that we got to dedicate to personal finance yeah. because it's the most understated. Yeah. Yeah. Thing for a game developer because we're we're fresh from college usually and we jump right in and 
Art colleges don't give a damn about personal finance. They don't teach us anything. Right, yeah. No, you get loans. You get loans. You don't need cash today. Yeah, you're you need good. cash three years from yeah. now. Yeah, they already are causing the problem. So we're like, up. sucked us up. And then, you know, you go into a job and most people, it's their first full-time job with a salary, right? You have no idea. No right, idea yeah. what's going on, how to manage it, how to... What's a 401k? What are you talking about? I give you money and then you don't give me money money back 60 years later? I don't understand. <laughs> I like, think in, in, in a way, actually, I, I kind of had to learn some hard lessons there too. Because mm-hmm. like, um, I went from you know, freelancing to only working year, then I got bumped up into film. Mm-hmm. And uh, I... I had got really big and I, I didn't know, I hadn't had to work my way up. Yeah. And so like when things, when like basically she had the fan, like I didn't know how to recuperate because like, uh, as I had like a lot of things given to me, like early on, mm-hmm. I didn't know how to work my way up again. That was like, that was really like some fun there that I didn't figure out. So, not always good to land that like A plus gig early on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what the right solution is, but you know, there's there's got to be some kind of balance where you're just more aware. It's like it's all about building more. Right. Well, for all listeners out there who doesn't know Kevin, like I I work with Kevin, so I know him. You're like the most soft spoken like humble guy I've ever worked with. So to hear you say that you were this arrogant yeah. <laughs> ego driven dude is like I can't see it. So you must have been gone gone through some hard lessons. Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> that are transformative because I, I I can't blame you man. Straight out of school you got the red dead job and then yeah, you freaking work yeah, you got Fabiosa stamps all over you <laughs> <laughs> before before you even realize how good of your artist you are, and then you're landing all these film jobs, game jobs. Yeah, like that's that's and, a and, very yeah. peculiar path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you know I don't know. This is all blur. Kind of all a blur, a blur yeah. after so many years. But basically, in the mix, there was some really high-paying jobs, some really good jobs, uh, some shitty jobs, uh, and then some, like, where you had to carry the weight for that job, right? So in terms of, like, uh, just you and a guy, right, and you got some ideas, but, like, as an artist, you kind of have to carry that weight and make right. sure that it's a solid product. So... I think that's like this is some hard lessons in those in that path, right? So when you're doing a startup, it's like I think that's the difference between you know, like, like going back to the model of hey, like you're going to be a professional artist, right? You have to draw a lot, right? And so at a certain point, if you're going to do a startup, or if you're going to do like if you're going to be senior, or you're going to be like you know a go-to guy, you have to recognize that you will have to carry that weight, you know, no one's going to do it for you. So, so those are, that's like another, like, it's like a higher level, <laughs> you know, uh, next level stuff, right? You, get, you have to transcend yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? So. 
Do you still find yourself, you know, because we kind of touched on like three layers of teaching at the one of the jobs where your student brought you in and then you found out you were working with someone who had taught you. Do you still have like kind of mentor relationships in your life, even at this stage? I wish you- I did. I really wish I did, but it's harder to find, you know, after working for so many years, mm-hmm. it's harder to find that. But, you know, in other ways, though, you do meet people that like, I think if you're open to it, they can be mentors to you, mm-hmm. but you have to be like, uh, uh, you have to be able to see those opportunities. Mm-hmm. And it might not be in the way that you expect it to be. Okay. So, so like for me, like I, to be honest, I feel like I've gotten to the point with my art where not too many people that can teach me like how to draw anymore. Oh shit, now right. I see you're peeking. <laughs> the, ego, the, ego, the, e- the ego guy is, is peeking back. <laughs> but, peeking back. Dude, but seriously, no, but, like, but, your work, I, I will speak on your behalf. Like, I've seen your work, dude, and Larry, you need to check out, like, your Street Fighter shit, all, everything that you've done, it's just top-notch, super polished. It looks yeah, super no, but I think, good. no, here's, here's where, you know, I'll fall back, because, right, it's like, now I'm learning about these things like that weren't taught to me in school, like about appeal and like all these things, like new new concepts that people are creating in the field. I'm just getting exposed to now. I'm like, oh shit! Like there's all these things that people are learning. So like now it's like kind of going back to school mm-hmm. in a way. Like I'm I'm like re- having to relearn a lot of things because everything that I like. Maybe from a technical standpoint, yeah, like I can draw the figure pretty well. But just, just you know, out of fifteen years of experience of drawing the figure mm-hmm. and drawing thousands and tens of thousands. Uh, but when it comes to stylizing them or you know, drawing like a very simplified version of them, that's actually a lot of challenge, a lot more challenging now for me because I have to like. You know, you know, unlearn what I've learned, right? So everything technical that I've learned about the figure, I have to throw it away and then readdress these things, like, as if I'm a child again. Yeah. So, yeah. so listeners, do yourself a favor. Just type in Kim and Chan in Google. <laughs> First thing that pops up is a Kotaku article dedicated to your artwork. <laughs> Back in 2012. All right. So that that enough said. All right. (laughs) But like you're 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 really a rarity, man. You you were, you know, you concentrate in character art, but you you found yourself like strengthening your your other weaknesses through professional work. Like you did, you you started out in traditional background. Like how how many concept artists can really say that all the way from the beginning? Switch gears to digital. And then made your way yeah. back to character art again. Like you've gone the full damn cycle. Yeah. You know, at some point you had to do some low level work like graphic design, right? Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> actually, that. what? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I actually appreciate it, it, right? You know, I, you know, you're joking, but I, I actually like the graphic design now. Like I, all those lonely jobs that I took on, like taught you. At the, in the beginning, they, they sucked. Yeah. But now it's like now that I'm getting like older and like more experienced, I'm actually like 
really enjoying like some of those things. Like mm-hmm. I go back to graphic design and all like my and I'm like, I get like, super thrilled about it. Or like, you know, I'll do poems. like now I'm getting into I'm learning Chinese. Like I'm actually like doing Chinese calligraphy and it's mm-hmm. like the funnest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Like because I'm just drawing I, I, like like the school, like that's the most tedious thing ever. Yeah, but but your or letter form, right? Like drawing mm-hmm. drawing letters. Like I actually have a lot of fun doing that now. Right. Um, because of how I can apply it. So but you know, before it's like I wouldn't I wouldn't make that connection. So what's the most tedious part about the art that you're responsible for these days? Um, like, do you have, and be honest, you know, like a lot of people in my school, like, oh, can't draw hands, can't draw feet. Is there a specific subject matter? I'm not going to say that you can't do it, but you find yourself calling it or feeling like it's the most challenging thing for you to render or reproduce or create. Mm-hmm. Is there any specific kind of, you know, like, yeah. Um, for me, right, well, where I'm at, I think fonts, like drawing fonts. And like uh, and designing, designing fonts and mm-hmm. designing uh, like letter forms. That's mm-hmm. like more challenging than anything. Like uh, so much has to like drawing the figure has its challenges, and I spent the last fifteen years focusing on that. Mm-hmm. And now that I've gotten to a certain point, like I said, like. I've gotten pretty proficient at drawing a figure, but applying it in a certain way, mm-hmm. it's the next step. So for me, like I'm actually interested in the learning about like letters and like learning about language, mm-hmm. um, and applying those design principles back to the figure. If that makes sense. So like, yeah. so like, you know, let's say you take. Uh, um, like the alphabet, right? Let's say R, right? The, the letter R. Can you fit a figure in there? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? And those those are the kinds of things that I'm thinking about now. Or like, can you fit a face in there? Or is it a mask? Or like, what kind of mask is it? Can you match an R with a period mask? Like, uh, from a different culture. Mm. Those, are, those are things I'm thinking about. Man, that almost sounds like, to someone who doesn't know, like, shit, I'm so good. I need to just come up with, like, such a challenge. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> no, but how did you... I understand that you're enjoying the topography now, but where did that present itself as something that you wanted to explore and, you know, why, I guess? Um, because it was getting stale, right? Like, you draw, like, you know, like, you're expected to, I mean, we're talking about characters, right? Yeah. You're expected to draw the figure, you're expected to design a new costume or something something particular to uh, game mechanic or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so many years of doing the same thing, right? Like, you're, you're, you see it in the industry, right? Like, a lot of same type of visuals, right? Guy with a big axe, right? Or, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, MMO-type, like, portions. Those kind of things. Like, I could do that, but it's like, I'm not 
inspired. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not excited to draw that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it, if the job falls for it, sure, I'll start there. But there still needs to be something different about it. Like, in order for it to be a standout product, right? Like, you can't just like copy what you've done in the past and expect it to, to like bring it into the audience. You have to like, create something new. No. So, well, for me, like, in order to do that, it's like I might start with something familiar, like, uh, you know, things I've learned over on different projects, but then I'll spice it up a little bit. Yeah, you know, through through some of these new things I'm learning. So mm. I try to do that as much as possible. That's cool, man. I was wondering how, you know, I always ask that question a lot on this podcast is when I find people who are, let's just say, senior level or above, you know, very talented or very driven, how they continue to challenge themselves to evolve or to develop even further. Because yeah. I personally believe, you know, that's something that we want to care about. If you want oh, to stay current, if you want to improve, even if you're at the top, you have to create that next step somehow, somehow. Oh, yeah. You know? sure, yeah. And it's cool to see how other people do it, right? I, I do it how, like, I base a lot of my stuff on art, right? And so cause that's how I, that's what I learned. Like, I learned mm-hmm. through paint. I learned through, uh, through drawing. And I stick to the things that I saw Mark in, in school. Like, so, mm-hmm. like, uh, which had to be art, which for me was art related. But I see other people, like people who are other seniors who also have evolved. Like they're diving into like all these crazy programs, like Brandon's like really doing more TV and like, you know, just seeing how much investment of time and like all their energy like, in, into these programs or, or these other skills that like I would never have the capacity for it's like it's just it's so cool to see like them grow in that way too because they're like you know like you just it it builds trust right like Mm -hmm. i might do my thing well but then i can rely on brendan to like build some big ass environment or something like that like and trust that he knows how to do that and how to how to make that brush too so I definitely understand what you're saying. Like as a concept artist, you know, the tools that you use, you know, even it might be a different medium from traditional to digital, but at a certain point, you guys are still using Photoshop. (laughs) Like the 3d guys has gotten so tactical with new programs. There's an update every month for unreal. Like there's so many things that it becomes more technical than creative. Sometimes I kind of want to tone back. It's like, can I just sit with ZBrush and just, work on that for a little before I have to update myself with the new things. But I can imagine with you over like 15, 20 years of drawing and that's all you've been doing, just drawing, 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 not really needing to learn new software to produce good looking work for your job that, yeah, it could get pretty damn stale drawing anatomy over and over, which is impressive if you have the capacity, but I I can see myself being burned out. Yeah. Yeah. Like how many trees have you built in your career? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and how do you make that project? <laughs> yeah, you have to do trees yeah. all over. And that's the thing. Like when it comes to technicality, 
stuff there, there there are like we're in 3d a lot of things are getting automated now there, there are programs making trees now so something that you might have done manually the next day or tomorrow the next week it's going to be automated and you're right. seeing a lot of that with texturing there's a lot of texturing programs where it's like uh it's called smart materials it's basically pre-made materials that you tweak with levels and so it's becoming less and less sure. for us of hand placing stuff because you know the, the production line demands faster quality and so the programs allow us to do that now so now we're kind of eventually going to get back to creative again which yeah. is great but yeah, I think so I think as things. artists though, it, like it's kind of an artist thing, right? Like, yeah, you can only draw so many heads before you get bored of drawing heads, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you make that interesting? Right. Uh, how do you push or, it? Yeah, and I don't know. Like for me, it's like I, I was I was trained by like you know the animation thinking, where it's like you draw the cylinder or the box, mm-hmm. right? And so how do you understand that box? inspiration i'm inspired to take a break from podcasting because we've been podcasting for about an hour and what we normally do at this time is brandon and i will you know go get coffee check our facebook and we'll let you speak directly to the audience to promote to shout out broadcast to raise awareness for something special that you have going on in your life someone that you want to you know just tip the hat to and show some appreciation without further ado sir the floor is yours no, I just want to thank you guys. I mean, basically for asking me to come on this podcast. I mean, oh, you're welcome. I'm just here to support. Yeah, it was such hard work. Uh, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess you can go to my site if you if you haven't. Uh, Kintet.co. Uh, K-I-N-C-E-T.co. And uh, yeah, other than that, it's uh, just cool to be here. Thank you, man. We're so happy to have you. And uh, I gotta say, in your view, I can see some fantastic lights on my oh, trails. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm saying good night. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, guys. See you guys next week. Hey, good night, guys. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained.